1: We have 15th Ward Alderman Raymond Lopez, a.k.a. Ray coming on at 1.30. So, with the time that we have, let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. Ben, by the way, uh, quit breaking the fourth wall. People are supposed to think that's you tweeting and Facebooking. Oh. all right?
2: <laughs> I gotta give some love to Pat Whaler, man. The guy does a good
1: job, all right? He sent me a text. He said, shut this man up! Did he? Yeah. <laughs> Waylon, you just broke the fifth wall. Walls are crashing everywhere. Oh my
2: God. What's
1: going on, Pat? All right. Anyway, here we go, Pat. I just want you to know how much we appreciate the work you do. Oh, absolutely, man. You're awesome. You're a social media wizard. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's do the local news here. In 1492, Columbus something, something. Hey, who cares? Because in the city of Chicago, the Columbus statue has officially been removed. That's correct. The following comes from the Chicago Sun Times and Tommy Two Joint Shuba. Fran, the Woman's film, when you better look out, you may have some competition as the hardest working reporter in the building. Just saying, alright? Tommy Two Joints is on it. He covers Reefer. He covers <laughs> statues. You name it, he'll cover it, alright? Uh, the controversial Christopher Columbus statue in Grant Park was taken down under cover of darkness early Friday, hours after Mayor Lori Lightfoot ordered its removal. Two cranes pulled up to the statue just before 2 a.m. Uh, Friday, after protesters and supporters of the statue argued in. Yelled at each other. Supporters included John Catanzara, president of the Fraternal Order of the Police Lodge 7. The decision to remove the statue came after violent clashes between police and protesters broke out last week when activists tried but failed to take it down. The monument was removed at about 3 a.m. Crews also removed another statue of the Italian explorer uh, Arrigo Park on the near west side. So, Huzzah! Progress in the city of Chicago. But hold that thought, because here's where it gets a little hairy. And if you listen closely, everyone, you will hear a slight chewing sound. And that's the sound of a Chicago mayor trying to have her cake and eat it, too. (laughs) Well done. Bravo. Mayor Lori Lightfoot issued a statement this morning saying the statues were removed until further notice. Yes. Uh. A statement from Mayor Lightfoot's office indicated that these were only temporary removals. The official statement reads the city of Chicago at Mayor Lightfoot's direction has temporarily removed the Christopher Columbus statues in Grant Park in Origo Park until further notice. This action was taken after consultation with various stakeholders. It comes in response to demonstrations that became unsafe for both protesters and police, as well as efforts by individuals to independently pull the Grant Park statue down in an extremely dangerous manner. This step is about an effort to protect public safety and to preserve a safe space for an inclusive and democratic public dialogue about our city's symbols. In addition, our public safety resources must be concentrated where they are most needed throughout the city and particularly in our South and West communities. Over the coming days, Mayor Lightfoot and the city will be announcing a formal process to assess each of the monuments, memorials, and murals across Chicago's communities and develop a framework for creating a public dialogue to determine how we elevate our city's history and diversity. As the mayor stated previously, this is not about a single statue or mural, but how we create a platform to channel our city's dynamic civic energy to collaboratively, purposefully, and peacefully reflect our values as Chicago's. Chicagoans and uplift the stories of all of our diverse cities' residents, particularly when it comes to the permanent memorialization of our shared heritage. Shout out to whoever wrote that press release. My God, you confuse this, producer. I
2: was going to say, dude, when you start reading uh. these press releases, uh, I'm just going to start talking. Uh, this is Lori, not Dee. I'm just going to start talking in the hopes that everyone stops listening and then I
1: can just move on with my life. All right, uh, on to Tommy uh, Twojoits here. After the news broke, more than 1,000 protesters who were rallying near Lightfoot's Logan Square home rejoiced. Soon after, an organizer led the crowd in a celebratory chant. Thank you for the statue. Now defund CPD, the crowd bellowed. Ben Jarofsky, what say you on the removal of the statues? And are you as confused as I am on the temporary removal part <laughs> in all of this?
2: Yeah, man. That, that was a pretty funny riff, by the way. Listen listen mayor laurie lightfoot is no fool and she saw that statue she knew it was like a magnet for trouble for her donnie trump is sending in these agents so there's the possibility that if uh, we could have a situation like portland like the statue would become the magnet it would draw the protesters, then it would draw the counter-protesters. So you'd have protesters who want to take the statue down, and then you would have protesters who want to keep the statute up. Some of the protesters who want to keep the statue up are Chicago police officers. So then you would have, what, the potential for off-duty Chicago police officers confronting protesters. Then you're in the middle of it all, you got Trump's militia from uh, Homeland Security just throwing protesters in jail. I mean, D, this was, this was a recipe for a lot of problems, just put it mildly. So she said, you know what? I'm just going to take that statute down. And then someone said, one of raids, but boss, if you take that statue down, then the pro-Columbus statute faction will say that you're bowing to the mob. And so she said, good point. That's why I pay you so much money. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to say it's just temporarily taking it down while we assess. And this is what Chicago is really good at, folks. They got a problem. What you do is you put a blue ribbon committee together of people that you really trust because you know they're never going to say anything critical of you and go study this problem. And they go, we'll study this. problem." this is how we deal with our TIF program, by the way. Every now and then they have a committee. We're going to study the TIF program to see if there's any truth to the rumor that it's actually a huge scam. And then they go study, and they go, "Nope, that's a scam. It works. It got a little problems, but it works okay." And you get to do it again. So this is a classic Chicago approach to a potential problem: D get rid of the statue, have a study, wait for the weather to change, and then you know go back to worrying about the bears. Uh, so it was a uh, it has the potential to be a very astute move by Lori Lightfoot. And uh, no, no, I don't what I don't know, and I asked you this uh, earlier today, Dean, you didn't know the answer either. Will people just like go to where the statue was? Will it st- we're just gonna go continue this fight, even though there's no statue there. We're just gonna go because there's a mound where the statue used to be. So I don't know if that's the case. I doubt it. but um, maybe I don't, I'm missing something here anyway. So that's what I believe Lori Lightfoot was up to when she had the statue removed.
1: All right, now we go to you, and yes, I mean you, the Ben Jarofsky Show listener. A lot of you have commented your thoughts on our Facebook page, at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. And according to those who posted uh, your thoughts on the removal of the Columbus statue, well, they're... It's damn near unanimous. Good riddance, say the Ben Jarofsky Show followers. Now, there's a shock. We we live in lefty land, Let me remind you, we live in lefty land. We are family. All right. Uh, Before the whole temporary part was announced, our Facebook friend Denise shared her thoughts. Ben, I'm sure this first part will take you down memory lane. Remember, uh, our host is old, guys. All right. Uh, (laughs) Denise writes, or types, or whatever. Mayor Daly tore up an airport on a whim in the dark of the night. She then says, I'll give the mayor credit for stating her intention and reasons.
2: Yeah. uh, Denise. Yes, it was Meg Fields. And by the way, Raylo alluded to that. I'm going to give him a a little uh, tease him a little bit. He's too young to know about Meg's field. But I remember very clearly. I think it was back in 2003, right after he was uh, reelected. Mayor Daley, Mayor Richard M. Daley, the second Mayor Daley, uh, had uh, I think it was Park District employees come in. Man, they just shoot up that runway. (laughs) There goes that airport. And uh, there was a just outcry against him. And Denise, believe it or not, um, oh God, I'm, they're going to kick me out of Lefty Land for this one day. But I was with Mayor Daly on that. Okay, I believe he overextended his power. Yes, I believe that he should have followed uh, proper procedures. Yes, all that is true. But ultimately, I was against the airport on that land. I thought it'd be better off as parkland. I wanted a garden. Oh God, Ben, you're such a hippie. Yeah, I wanted like a nice nature walk. That's so when Mayor Daly did it, I go, when I think of all the power moves, the over the top, just too much power in the hands of one mayor moves that Mayor Daly had done in by then it had been 14 years of office. This is like the one time I actually agreed with the outcome. So I did not weep. I did not join Chicago typical. I did not join my uh, fellow citizens uh, in their outrage over Meg's field. And I do look this. He did that uh, in 2003. I was urging everybody, openly urging everybody who's outraged by Meg's field to f- rally behind a candidate to run against Daley in 2007 and defeat him. And what followed was four of the most corrupt years in the history of the city of Chicago, one corruption case after another uh, involving Mayor Daley's uh, henchmen, and guess what? The citizens of Chicago overwhelmingly re-elected Mayor Richard M. Daley in 2007. So Denise, there's a lesson to be learned from all this
1: people in the city of chicago they really love powerful mayors (laughs) all right i just sent uh, a google meet invite to alderman raymond lopez we'll read uh, your thoughts on facebook and when we get raymond lopez we'll do the interview how's that sound ben sounds like a plan to me all right here we go uh steve on the facebook page says well this is really the smart solution put it in a museum isn't there an italian american museum in chicago
2: Yes, there is. And that is a smart uh, solution. Uh, and uh, yeah, Steve should be mayor. That's a great idea. <laughs> Vote for Steve. <laughs> well, I I, I, uh, I think it's a great. By the way, there was a whole I, I talked about this yesterday. There was a whole critique of uh, in the Tribune by Blair Kyman the architect critic about the statue's artistic value and uh, which is completely different from its symbolic political value and uh, what it represents in terms of uh, history in the United States of America. So I understand that. So it does have some artistic value. So maybe he's right. Maybe it belongs in a museum. All right. Then, of course, the museum could become the target of protestees, so I don't know, but I, I like that idea.
1: On to Trent's comment, Ben Jarofsky, agree or disagree? Trent said that the mayor is going to get the label wishy-washy if she's not careful.
3: Uh, yeah,
2: I don't... Uh, I think people will see, see this as a... Look, I sound a little wishy-washy right, right here. Well, which way will I go with this one? Because i got to really think about it. Uh who said this? Who who wrote this Trent? Trent. Trent said this. Has Trent written, have you ever read anything from Trent before? No, I don't think so. I don't so. think so. Uh all right. Well, anyway, welcome to the show, Trent. I I think this will be viewed. I understand your point that she's trying to have her cake and eat it too, as Dennis uh that was pretty funny, D. Uh but I believe that people will interpret this as a strong move. And like you're gonna hear Raylo complaining about it as being too strong. Uh so I think this will kind of cement that notion that uh Lori Lightfoot
1: uh is not afraid to play the role of the boss. All right, moving on here. How about Gene? Gene says, uh, let's see, here hopefully not. And considering that Columbus was responsible for the genocide and atrocities committed against the indigenous people, wouldn't putting them back be considered a hate crime? Wow, that's
2: that's a powerful statement, Gene. And uh I don't believe it's coming back. And this is, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about what Trent said about wishy-washy. I don't believe it's coming back. I think that she's saying it coming back. Uh, so it's just sort of placate the pro statue supporters. Uh-oh, I think we have Raylo. Raylo is uh, here. And uh, and uh, so I don't believe it's coming back. Oh, there's Raymond Lopez. I see him right now. Uh, he's in his office. Uh, And uh, I just want to say before I bring on Alderman Lopez, I urge everyone, uh, if you want to get a different take on the statue, uh, to check out the column that Darlene Glanton wrote uh, in yesterday's Chicago Tribune. Powerful stuff uh, in the Chicago Tribune. And the headline is Christopher Columbus was a fraud. No honor deserved. Very powerful column by Darlene Glanton. And uh, so anyway, that's uh, that. All right. Alderman Raymond Lopez, thank you so much for being so accommodating and coming on my show again.
0: Anything for you, Ben. No pressure on Twitter at all to be on your show today. Uh, okay. By the way, is the sound okay, D? <laughs> yeah, it sounds great so as uh uh, alderman
2: lopez is saying we sent out just so you know i I, i've already broken the wall on this one raylo uh raymond I, i keep calling you raylo i shouldn't call you raylo uh i should call you alderman lopez and show you respect when you're on the show off the show hey raylo uh but uh uh, what happened was we have a good friend of my Pat Whalen sent out that thing on uh, Twitter. I didn't even know he sent it out. You accepted the invitation. So all is well. It's good to have you on. I've been saying for weeks, I should bring you back on the show. Uh, Alderman Raymond Lopez. <laughs> I, I was just going to say has been on my show a couple of times. It's been a while since, uh, I think it was September of 2019. A lot has changed. Let's first of all, talk about, uh, the brick thrown through your window, uh, A brick thrown through your window at home and a brick thrown through your window at your ward office. Do you have any uh, news updates on who was behind it or what was going on there?
0: Well, it was several bricks uh, at both locations. And the first time, uh, an individual ran right up the steps um, to my house and started throwing the bricks right from my front door. Uh, and I can confirm to you, Ben, that we have ruled out a five foot two person in a gray pantsuit suit as being responsible for breaking my windows. Um, so the mayor's free and clear at the moment. Um, but we we do think we know who's responsible and there may be they both they be, they may be connected in both incidences and tied to local gang members. Are you getting police protection right now? No, actually, I haven't even gotten a phone call from the mayor either time to see if there's anything that I needed. Uh, let alone our superintendent. So uh, I'm very thankful to our men and women in our ninth and seventh police districts, uh, people who I've worked with personally over the many years as alderman. Uh, they are on it, and, I, and I'm glad for it. But as far as anyone from the top down, no. Well, I'm a little disappointed to hear that. Uh, I know the last time you ran a follow-up gangs uh,
2: in your neighborhood, uh, you came on my show, you had a police officer with you Uh, He was undercover cop and you were getting uh, that was in the days of Rahm. And I'm one of Rahm's biggest critics in the world, as you know, uh, Raymond. But at least he signed you a police officer. So I'm a little disappointed to hear that the mayor has. not I know you're a pain in the neck to her. I'm a pain in the neck to her. But you're still an elected official in the city of Chicago and you weren't having protection.
0: Well, you know, at that time, Rahm actually told me, you know, we don't want you to become the story. Um, which, would you know, we don't want me to be the one doing interviews from a hospital bed. Um, but apparently this mayor doesn't seem to be too bothered by that prospect. But that is so classic, Rom. I know we're not
2: I, just for a moment. Let's pause on that. It's not like I have compassion for you, Raymond. I want you to be safe. I want your husband to be safe. I want your family to be. No, it's like I don't want you to be a bad narrative that I have to deal with. <laughs> That's our mayor, ladies and gentlemen. Don't bring me any bad press. <laughs> all right. So uh, we play all the time. Uh, it is standard on our show. And we don't bleep it out like they did on Fox. You went on Fox yesterday or the day before. We don't bleep it out. We play the real deal. And I uh, since we started playing the real deal, Uh, Raymond I've been wanting to get your analysis your breakdown of the real deal and that of course is the showdown that took place at a a meeting that was probably illegal we'll get into that later Uh, they were discussing it was right in the aftermath of some of the the unrest around Memorial Day at the end of May Uh, and the mayor was having a private meeting a virtual meeting with about 40 aldermen I want to say so that's a violation of Open Meetings Act right there Raymond Lopez Uh, and uh, you and the or got into it D you want to play it I'm sure uh, Ray's heard it a few times but what the heck let's use it as the, the uh, intro go I ahead I
0: want an answer it's not something you ignore I think you're 100% full of shit is what
3: I think if you think well,
0: we want no offense fuck you then God, who are you going to we
1: tell me I'm full of shit just a snippet there. Oh, I'm
2: sorry, there. Raymond Lopez.
1: Every time I hear,
2: and, and here's the thing. When you were on Fox yesterday, I, I don't know who the lady's name, the, the, the journalist on there was here. She goes, I, I want to apologize to our listeners because you're going to be offended by the. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you never swear people in the cafeteria at Fox aren't dropping the F-bomb all the time. The the notion, I understand we should be civil to each other. AOC yesterday in Congress really made a declaration for more civility. But the notion that you're gonna hear things you haven't heard (laughs) before, when it's the F-bomb,
0: which people say every freaking day. I don't, that gets me too. Anyone who's ever stubbed their toe at night has dropped the F-bomb, so. Yes.
2: yeah. Uh, the aforementioned Mayor Rahm dropped it every minute of his life. Okay,
0: uh, so why don't you give us, what was what, what was going on there? What, what, what set that off? You know, we've been going and doing all these stupid, nonsensical Zoom conferences since the beginning of COVID. So I believe, first and foremost, Ben, you're 100% correct. These, these Zoom meetings are all illegal, uh, and we've participated in about 15, 18 of them since the March 18th COVID shutdown. Now, in this one in particular, we already started getting calls and reports of what was happening around the country and what we were going to see. And this, uh, on the heels of the destruction of downtown, the organized rioting and destruction and, uh, of our Michigan Avenue and downtown Central Business District, you know, a number of my colleagues and I had really, serious concerns about what was going to happen to the neighborhoods, especially when uh, Lightfoot raised all the bridges and sent everyone into the South Loop and Bronzeville. And that really struck a nerve with those aldermen um, who I think may have been on that call as well. Um, But when I represent many communities that you could just ride off the Dan Ryan or drive off the Stevenson to get to, when we kept getting reports that people were coming from Indiana, Wisconsin, and other places, uh, my concern was that if you block them off from downtown, there's only one place left for them to go, which is our neighborhoods. And if we're not thinking about it and we're not planning for it, they're going to be left vulnerable. And what really pissed me off was that when I said this, that basically the mayor's just like, okay, well, Next. And I was like, no, fuck you, next. I want an answer because my people are going to be the ones who are going to be hurt. My residents are already dealing with all kinds of disparities from COVID and everything else. And now you're going to factor this in. And she blew it off like I was crazy. And not two hours after that conversation ended, Mm -hmm. about 10 o'clock that day is when the first Walmarts on the south side of Chicago started getting hit. I got a phone call from one of the local aldermen saying, They're in my Walmart right now in uh, like 95th and Halstead. You know, then the cycle started. And for anyone who was listening to the scanners that day, you know, I've said it numerous times. It was like an evil algorithm because you could almost time it to the minute, the circular pattern in which they were hitting all these institutions in the neighborhood. And all of this could have been avoided or planned for if the mayor had just shut up and listened and checked the fact that it was coming from Raymond Lopez. We could have done a much better job if she was willing to put her pettiness aside and just listen that maybe just maybe someone other than her might have had an idea what was
2: going to happen. All right. Now, before we get into uh, the substance of what you're talking about, because I think there's a really the city needs. I've said this many times, Raymond, the city really needs to do an investigation investigation. Of its response to the unrest uh, over the last weekend of May, why police were deployed the way they were. Absolutely, we need to get in, we got to get into what happened at Bobby Rush's office. Absolutely, everything has to be on the table if we're going to be a transparent city. But let's just go back to the exchange. If I. I've heard the whole exchange. I'm sure Mayor Lightfoot thought you're grandstanding and thought he is just trying to stick that needle into me. This is him just aggravating me, and that's where she lost it. Do you feel you had gone too far, uh, that you were grandstanding, and that you were aggravating her
0: at that moment? Well, I have no doubt that I aggravate her just by waking up every day of the week. Um, But as far as if I was grandstanding in that moment, I was the fourth or fifth alderman to speak that day and there were aldermen who were in tears over what they had saw they were aldermen who were pleading and begging with her and she spent more time coddling them and being responsive to what they were mentioning about their wards that to say that i was grandstanding is a no i was ejected from the conversation because it was me now, I could see if everyone else was, you know, smiling and doing the hokey pokey with her and I just come in, you know, pissing on her tea leaves. But that's not what happened that day. Yeah. Everyone was concerned. Everyone was worried. And just because it comes from one person you don't like, well, everyone else must be right. But Lopez, you're, you know, 100 percent full of shit. That, that's not the right answer. Well, uh, right, wait, I just want to uh, clarify something. You
2: said you were ejected from the meeting. I Did they oh, turn
0: off your No. Vert- no, no, I mean like my my not a physically rejected. You were metaphorically rejected, metaphorically. which she did not pay it to.
2: Okay, I got it. Uh, yeah, and I we've played this too. Uh, 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 Alderman Lopez was alluding to Alderman Sue Sadlowski Garza's very passionate comments about violence in her neighborhood. We've played that clip as well. Uh, that was part of the uh, that exchange. All right, let's get to the substance of things. We've talked about this on the show. We've had people come on the show who describe being, uh, the police presence around Trump Tower. Around Trump Tower. Police lo- circling Trump Tower, blocking access from protesters to get to Trump Tower at the Wabash. It was a, sh- a sign of force at Trump Tower. Like they really, really wanted to protect Trump Tower. People thrown into jail for trying to cross the Wabash Bridge. Sounds I have like wondered. House. <laughs> What's that? It sounds like Lori's house. Uh, maybe Lori Lightfoot's house who I do not know about the police around Lori Lightfoot's house I do know about the police I don't know who got arrested at Lori's house But let me go back to this Do you think that Mayor Lori Lightfoot And the city of Chicago Put way too much emphasis On protecting the downtown
0: And that's what left your neighborhood vulnerable Yes I didn't even have to think Absolutely All of her emphasis, all of her resources And all of her attention was on focus, was focused On the central business district It was focused from Cermak to North Avenue, the river to the lake. That's where she focused the attention of our police department. It's where she asked for the 375 National Guardsmen to assist in protecting people in their condo high rises, all at the expense of neighborhoods that were left to fend for themselves. And I will tell you, Ben, that day after uh, downtown was looted probably was the longest and scariest day of my life trying to wonder if I had to defend my home with whatever I had that was in my house, if, our, if we would be next, living one block off a of major street, and anyone who thinks that the despair and fear in the neighborhoods was not palatable, obviously does not know what it feels like to be able to hear people breaking into someone's business, not 500 feet from where you live, where you could hear the destruction going on instantly and consistently, and where you're even your pets, and you no, know, I've got six dogs at home, Or even they are on high alert because they could feel the tension even in your own home. There was no support for the neighborhood because everything was focused downtown. People, a, thousand, a thousand officers were called to, to uh, US Cellular, almost said Comiskey Field, and were made to wait there for six hours for transportation to get distributed throughout the neighborhoods in the city of Chicago. We had officers who were on off days and suited up just to help protect their city and were told to go home by their commanding officers because they weren't needed on the day of the worst local rioting and looting in Chicago's history. All of that came from the top. All of that came from the one who micromanages the police department on a daily basis, and that was Lori Lightfoot.
2: So are you telling me that those police officers were not dispatched uh, by orders of Lori Lightfoot? Yes.
0: There were officers who came in to work, even though it was their day off, just because they wanted to be on the ground to help protect their city, and they were sent home. And how do you know this? Because the officers themselves have come in and told me. I've had lieutenants and commanders and unit commanders tell me that my whole teams were suited up, ready to go, and we were told by individuals I'm familiar with, not to go out and to return home, everything was under control. And, and couple all of that bad decision-making with the fact that we still have an existing order right now from the police department, not to disperse large groups gathering in the city of Chicago. And that is being used and, mis- and abused in our neighborhoods where we're seeing not protesters, but in communities like West Anglewood and Greater Anglewood, these illegal block parties popping up in the middle of the night where you've got four or five hundred people strong holding communities captive, and all the police can do is watch because we still have these outdated and useless orders of non-engagement. All right, you're, you've,
2: would you support uh, having uh, hearings at the city council to investigate all the charges and allegations that you just raised right here? One, absolutely, I would. So what's the likelihood of that
0: happening? Never gonna happen in the era of Lightfoot transparency. Why do you say that? Because anything that has to do with questioning her decisions or the decisions of the department, which still are her decisions, um, is always met with great resistance by her. You know, Brown is not the one in charge of the the police department, it's Mayor Lightfoot. And she is dictating from on high every single move that that department makes. And anyone who questions validity or usefulness of those decisions is written off and it is viewed as a personal attack by her on her by her um so i don't think that she would ever allow anyone to second guess the decisions that the department aka her has made up until this point uh
2: who is the chairman of the the committee that deals with police in the city council
0: uh that would be 29th ward alderman chris teleferro
2: And if you went to Alderman Chris Telleferro and asked him to hold hearings, what would he tell you?
0: I'm sure he'd probably say we have to discuss it with the administration or, you know, most chairmen will always defer to the mayor uh, to make sure that it's something that they want to move forward on. Um, An interesting test will be uh, Alderman Telleferro introduced an ordinance uh, looking into the usefulness and effectiveness of some of our violence reduction program partners. Um, many of whom have been beneficiaries of the mayor's generosity, um, also are connected with some of her campaign staff. So I'll be curious to see if that ordinance and call for hearings moves forward, because it might be a sign that there may be hope for hearings into everything that transpired um, May 31st through uh, June 5th. Um, But I don't see much hope in that. Well, I'm a,
2: a little disappointed to hear you say that. Not disappointed with you, but uh, this is something that you and I see eye to eye on. We're going to get into something where we don't see eye to eye on. But I wanted to say this: I believe that the legislative body should be independent of the executive body. That's what we were taught in high school uh, about, you know, checks and balances. And I understand how the game is played in Chicago, Raymond. I've been, I've been around this town a long time. I know in this bizarre political world of Chicago, the mayor appoints the chair, essentially, of the uh, committees of the city council. And then the, the committee, the council ratifies the mayor's choices. It makes no sense. It's a complete contradiction of what we're, it should be in a democratic city. Uh, and so I am disappointed you hear to say that because, again, we've had people on this show who've talked about the the arrests that took place massive arrests that took place downtown to protect Trump Tower and i believe there is a correlation between the saturation of police downtown around Trump Tower and the lawlessness that w- existed in neighborhoods like your own i believe there is a correlation i believe there should be an investigation of the what who wh- who is following what order who is making the
0: orders and go right into the Bobby Rush thing. Do you have any thoughts on what happened in Bobby Rush's office? Well, you know what? But before we get to Bobby Rush, let me just say this, uh, Ben. For how many days did I say people were coming into this city to, to cause chaos and havoc? And for days, Lightfoot, Brown, all kept saying I was crazy. You know, I'm misinformed. I don't know what I'm talking about. But then you have the, the former epitome of progressiveness for finance chairman Scott Wagaspak saying, Mayor, we have people coming in from Indiana. Can I have your help closing down the uh, off-ramps off the Kennedy Expressway so my neighborhood isn't impacted? And then you look at the map and, hey, lo and behold, all, come, all the off-ramps are closed going to Scottsworth. But yet when you look at what happened on the south and west sides, all our ramps are basically still open. And with regards to Bobby Rush and the popcorn gate, you know, that video or those stills magically appeared after being hand-delivered a week in advance, a week after uh, the protests. The mayor sat on those, and I personally think that um, those individuals, that was the day after all the rioting and looting. It wasn't the same day. It was the day after. Um, and if they were in his office, I personally, if I've got all this madness and pandemonium coming in and my, my community and police use my office, Even if they use my official office, not just entering a a political office, to rest and recoup and use that as a base of operations, more power to you. Because at least that keeps you in my community and helps you be fresher to go after what's going on in my neighborhoods. To be offended because they're in in there when they've been probably on the job for nearly 40 hours straight trying to track and chase these rioters and looters. Um, When he's probably been at home with the police in front of his house is just completely disingenuous um, to the situation. Uh, You and I don't see eye to eye on that one. That's
2: for certain, uh, Raymond. But I I guess you probably knew that when it was coming out. I do want that investigated. I would like to know uh, whether there was an order from the top to send police into that office. That's been the allegation from the Fraternal Order Police that they were following orders. So I'd like to see what the chain of command, were those police following orders to go into Bobby Rush's office, and then did it turn into something else? Like the play, hey, you can crash here in the office, you're tired, we got this office, I got popcorn
0: and uh, coffee. So I would like to see it again. But you won't know until the hearing happens. Well, If anyone really wants to prove it, then as Tom Cruise said, show me the money, where is it? Let's see what it is. One of us will be right. And if you're the mayor and you have the right answers, then there's no reason for you not to call a hearing unless you're lying. I hope they have the hearings.
2: And when uh, the pandemic ends, if I'm uh, wrong, I will treat you to lunch at the restaurant of your choice. And if you're right in your interpretation, you will treat me and we'll go to a steakhouse. All right. Uh, for you, we'll go to McDonald's. No, just kidding. All right. Uh, let's get into um, some of the rhetoric uh, that you've been uh, issuing. It seems to me, Raymond, and defend yourself vigorously if you want, that you're moving more and more to Trump country. You're not wearing a MAGA hat yet, but you're getting more and more conservative sounding uh, in your rhetoric. And... Is, are you going through some kind of political conversion where you're just really ready to go full MAGA on us? Uh, or are you just responding to things happening at the moment and you're just so mad at Lori Lightfoot that you find yourself sounding uh, Trump-like? What's going on with Raymond Lopez?
0: You know, I don't think I'm the one that's changed at all. I mean, to be quite honest, <clears throat> this city has changed around me. This city has become so exceedingly left, so exceedingly intolerant, so exceedingly determined to out-socialize itself that someone like me only appears to become more conservative, I'm assuming that's what you're going for, uh, than where you used to know me because we all used to be a little closer to the middle. Most of this city's loudest mouthpieces from the mayor on down are going further and further to the left, further and further away from where the vast majority of the city is. So obviously I'm going to sound like the oddball in the group. But I'm not. I am exactly who I was in 2010 when the first time I ever ran for office or 2012 when I first won elective office in the city of Chicago. Nothing different or has changed or transpired here um, other than the fact that this city is becoming one that uh, seems hell bent on tilting itself in a way that is different from a majority of its residents.
2: Well, I got to take exception with them, as you said. I've always been a lefty.
0: I've always been a le-
2: you know that You know me, Raymond. I've always been a lefty. So I haven't drifted left.
0: I've I, been I'm on talking, the left. I'm talking about everybody else that I get, you know, compared to like the political dynamics of wh- who and what i I am and the body I belong to on the city council, you know, as we see that get further left, as we see the tone become further left, um, you know, I've never been one who strayed away from law and order. I just never had to fight and defend why I'm doing it. You know, I've never had to defend as much as I do now why bad landlords and slumlords and gangbangers are bad. I've never had to actually fight and defend that because I've never had so many people around me in politics. Who are so openly embracing those kinds of individuals and that behavior? I'm not saying that you are you are leftier than left, but I'm saying that the tone of 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 governance and politics is shifting and shifting quickly, farther than I'm willing to go. And it may seem like I'm becoming uh, more. Sorry, that's me. More more than um what I what you're familiar with, but it's just that I have to stand up for what's right for my neighborhoods because they are not wanting to be associated with things that are going in the wrong direction that's many well, of these social issues. All right. w- one of
2: the things that I took exception with uh, that you said is you were talking about Trump's uh, offer of uh, uh, agents to Chicago. Yes. And... I hear what you're saying about trying to be more civil, though it is kind of funny coming from you because after you, you, you let Lori know what you thought about but, uh, it. But putting that... Is, a, I, saw, I did that to Rom too, so let's, let's not forget. That is that. correct. I remember I broke the story, and you <laughs> called me up and <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was a long time ago. That's anyway... That is how we met, by the way. Yes, that is how we met. Anyway, all right. <laughs> um, so it's like I believe and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, that Donald Trump, does not care about Chicago in the least. He does not care about this city, the violence in this city. He has never lifted a finger to help us in any meaningful way. He talks in generalities about, oh yeah, we need more mental health um, uh, assistance for people. Where's the money from the feds to get us to open up clinics? Where's the money from the feds to expand mental health services that the people of the city of Chicago needs? Nothing from Donald John Trump but rhetoric. Whenever there's a weekend of a lot of shooting, Trump says, look at this, Chicago." Chicago. Chicago is a separate island. It has nothing to do with him. Hey, Donald Trump, you're the president of the United States. Chicago is in the United States. You should be caring about us. And by the way, you've got that tower downtown. It's funny how he hates on Chicago all the time, Raymond. We've been good to him. Ed, uh, Ed Burke handled his property tax business, got him a tax break, put money, took money out of my pocket, Raymond Lopez, and put it in Donald Trump's pocket when he got him that, and money out of your pocket, cause you paid property taxes too. Yep. Joe Berrios. Former Cook County Assessor allowed himself to be convinced by Ed Burke's arguments for uh, Donald Trump's property. Chicago has been good. And finally, your guy, uh, I tease, uh, Rob Emanuel, allowed Trump to put that horrific sign on his building. So Donald Trump, Chicago has been good to Donald Trump, and Donald Trump has done nothing for Chicago. So I say that all as an introduction to ask you, how can you say, that Donald Trump is reaching out to Chicago and Lori Lightfoot is snubbing him when he's never done
0: anything for this city. Well, first off, let me just roll backwards here a little bit. Um, I do agree that there's politi- there are motivations for why Donald Trump does everything, and it's usually just whatever helps Donald Trump in the here and now at that moment. I'm not blind to that fact. We all know that fact. He's the biggest political narcissist that's ever existed and lived probably in that White House aside from being the most stable of geniuses. Um, that being said, um, we have accepted federal help throughout this entire COVID pandemic. We've gotten almost 900, uh, million dollars from the federal government that Lord, that the check that Lori cashed for helping, and she's been using to provide for mental health, housing, you name it throughout the city of Chicago. Um, We have taken them up on offers, and we have always worked with the federal government, pre and during Donald Trump, to help bring security and stability to some of our neighborhoods. This is nothing new for us. I mean, what I believe is that when Donald Trump issued that letter to Lori Lightfoot, and I think it was J.B. Pritzker as well, Mm -hmm. about the violence, the one that they all said was a political stunt, I believe that they should have called him out on it. I believe that they should have said, rather than blow it off and say, ah, you're full of shit, why don't you come up and say, you know what, fine, Mr. President, we'll take you up on your offer. We want you to send in 200 extra DEA agents. We want you to send in 300 extra ATF agents and so on and so forth so that we can crack these gang networks and these drug-running cartels in our city to help bring uh, safety back to our neighborhoods. And if he would have failed... Then it, we would have had such a better hand to play politically against him for calling his bluff, but we didn't. What we saw was the same thing that we've seen week after week after week from many of our leaders, which is just to go back and forth on this Twitter social media nonsense, arguing like the, like keyboard warriors on with nothing to do on a Tuesday night, and only now to find and turn around and say, "Oh well, you know what? I guess we can take your help after all." So all this time that we've been Blustering at each other, watching the Lori and Donnie show back and forth on Twitter. How many kids have died in the city of Chicago because of that? How many people have been shot? How many of them could have been saved if we would have just checked all that nonsense at the door and took him to task for the offer he made? If he would have fallen and and rejected it, we could have moved on and just kept right about trying to do it ourselves. Well, we kept that political theater going for his sake and, quite honestly, for Lori's sake, so that they could both keep deflecting, so that they could both keep avoiding having to do anything, and so that they could both keep the diversion of the true problems going on in our neighborhoods from ever being taken seriously.
2: All right. That's a. Uh, I actually, there's some things you said there that I, 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 must confess. I agree with political theater is, uh, rampant, but I'll just move on with my one last time. I don't believe a word that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth when he says he cares about Chicago. All right. We'll close with this. Uh, uh a friend of mine uh, sent this to me. This is a tweet. Speaking of Twitter, uh, from Alderman Raymond Lopez and you tweeted this out after a uh, statute gate, uh, where mayor Lori, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Ray. Uh, Uh, By the way, I can even shout out uh, to Alderman Lopez's husband who set up this thing, okay? He was the one who figured out how to get this computer. So I want to thank him very much for doing that, uh, because without him, we would not even
0: be having this interview. I guess Uh, that's why someone called me a boomer on Twitter, because I couldn't figure out how to get it. Yeah, they called you a boomer. I'm like laughing.
2: As a boomer. Boomers, this guy is like 19, all right? He's not a boomer. (laughs) Uh, okay. Anybody, you, oh, my God. Then you, you were uh, ripping Laurie about uh, Statue Gate. You alluded
0: to Meg's Field. I'm like, Raymond, you weren't even around when she took down Meg's Field. You I were in grammar to, school. I used to go fishing there on Saturdays with my dad when I was eight years old. I remember Meg's Field.
2: All right. Well, I'm happy. <laughs> I, I was with Daly when he took it down. So there you go. That's a whole other story. All right. Uh, what? This is your tweet, and then I'm going to get you to, to comment on your tweet. What has become of Chicago? We have a mayor forced into submission by anarchy and mob rule no more public process, official discourse or on the record debate the lesson learned is that if you want action from Lightfoot, show up at her house and she will cave uh, wait, the, the bottom part of it is uh, show at her, mouse, at her house and she will cave every time alright, elaborate uh, I actually like taking down uh, the statue but elaborate on what you were getting at in this tweet
0: So, I mean, look, Ben, there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And if you want to have a discussion about taking down statues, whether it was Columbus, whether it's any statue, whether it's the Picasso in the Daily Plaza, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. We can have a discussion. We could do it the right way so that it's giving people a chance of both sides to have a discussion, be a part of the conversation to make it happen. You don't just show up in Daily Plaza and throw a couple anchor hooks on the Picasso and yank it out the ground because you think it's disrespectful to the baboons and PETA. You don't do it that way. Now, as far as my tweet, we have seen on numerous occasions where if you want to get the mayor's attention and you want her to act, you've got to show up in mass and start harassing her neighbors and and. Having a thousand people on Wrightwood Avenue over there in Logan Square. You know, she did it with Hilco. They were demolishing Hilco and Little Village. And it wasn't until people protested on her block saying that brown lives and the health of Little Village residents mattered that she actually stopped the demolition. Of course, four days later, she flipped again and started it back up. And then they showed back up at her house and she stopped it again. But you keep you keep seeing this pattern where people are showing up and protesting and her knee jerk reaction is let me do whatever it takes to get them off my because I'm tired of this nonsense. And if that's what it's going to be in terms of the leadership to her making policy in this city, you know, you've just supplanted the and replaced the city council with this mob mentality that all I have to do is show up. Whoever shows up with the most amount of protesters is going to win. And that's not how we do things in this city. That's never been who we are in this city. We've always been about you know, having people's rights and voices expressed, but not to the point where that's the only way with sharpened PVC tubes is how you get people's attention to act.
2: Well, I'm gonna have to respectfully disagree with you uh, about how business is done in the city of Chicago. I've been living in the city of Chicago since 1981. And in the city of Chicago, if the mayor wants something done, it has gets done. And there's usually, just as you pointed out, no hearings, no oversight, no nothing, just get it done. And that's what happened with Megs Field. So you're you're just, I I never thought there was a golden age in Chicago where people like had a discussion about something, you know, let's, let's, get, <laughs> let's convene the city council discuss with Alderman Lopez five minutes to hear your thoughts on this subject that's not how it happens in Chicago Raymond
0: I guess you don't have to worry about your hearing on uh what happened during the riots and protests of the city then (laughs) yeah no
2: I I I would uh trade the statue for a hearing on what went down uh on uh May 30th and 31st I think that's far more important than statue gate So I'll trade a meeting on the statue for a meeting. How about that for a deal? You know what? We can end on an agreement. All right.
3: All right.
2: Uh, Yes, we ended on an agreement. That's a good way. And one more time, thank you to your husband for setting this up. This worked really well. You came through a lot of clear. You can't see me because my cockamamie baby boomer computer doesn't have a camera.
0: But uh, I could see you. Thank you, you Alderman You could see that I'm sitting here with two tacos right in front of me and i have not ate either one of them because
2: i didn't want you to me eating while i was there. oh man i appreciate that that <laughs> sacrifice for the ben Jarofsky show the bet is still on i can't i make so many bets with so many people and lose them i can't remember the specific bet i'll have to go back and look at it but if what was the bet that i made with you but if i know if i'm right i'll buy you dinner and i was just joking about mcdonald's you can pick the restaurant all right, all right. when this pandemic is over when all do right all right very good alderman lopez thank you very much uh, enjoy your tacos all right <laughs> thank you Pat. take care that's alderman raymond lopez 15th ward and that was uh he was nice enough to come on the show and i appreciate him for doing that and one more time thank you pat whalen uh he's hiding he doesn't want me to say it but thank you pat whaling Whalen for sparking me to get that interview right d
1: absolutely pat you're the man thank you so much dude So we're going to take a
2: little break, play some uh, Michael Girardi and uh, reach out
1: to Ramana and start the next phase of the show. Right, D? That's right. The Ramana Rundown is coming up. Everybody, make sure you download this weekend's Benny J. Bonus Interviews, by the way, both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Ben, do you know the lineup off the top of your head? Yes. Uh, yes uh, to, we Two interviews you have to do
2: for today Charlie Johnson from the Chicago Tribune We'll talk about the labor situation with the Tribune He's sort of the union steward there And uh, I, I support my brothers and sisters At the Chicago Tribune Those hard working reporters uh, And they are really feeling the pinch Alden is uh, the hedge fund that uh, is taking A significant share of the Tribune is is um, really tightening the screws And that is not good for the city Mike, I'm going to give a shout like the Tribune Had a headline today about Madigan Gate. Uh, And a great investigative story about Michael Madigan and AT&T. And you know what? It's because of newspapers. That's what newspapers do. We need them. So i got Charlie Johnson. And then one of my favorite guests, David Ferris, will be here, political science professor at Roosevelt, and we will be breaking down all the political news of the week. We'll be talking about uh, his new book, uh, The Kids Are All Left. I read it. It's a fascinating book, very funny. So a lot of political talk uh, with uh, David uh, Ferris, and we'll um, that'll be uh, dropped probably, oh, I don't know. Dennis and I will figure that out. Uh, when we're going to drop
1: it. Yeah, post-show meeting. All right, everybody, don't go anywhere. The Romano Rundown's coming up now. It's Michael Girardi. bailout. out. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from Ben's attic in my apartment.
3: The car around. I'm going to shut it off. I'm going to kick you oh, out. No, here we go again. When will it ever end? I know what you're going to do. Leave it up. What you can do. Gotta Another bailout for the chosen view What's the use? give it all the way to the corporate goods Gotta change our food. Another bailout.
0: Bailout What did you think when you heard that? You know, it's unfortunate because the mayor has been going back and forth with the president. Who, you know, to be perfectly honest, I don't agree on many of his policies. But protecting our citizens should not be a partisan issue. As a Democrat, seeing my residents, seeing my family run down, is not a partisan issue. And for her to go for weeks on end, tweeting back and forth and making all kinds of comments, and then finally admitting yesterday that she's open to having the FBI.
3: Thank you.
2: find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.